We are doing a sermon series we're almost coming to the conclusion of. It's called Bulletproof. And so this is a sermon series that we've been talking about the full armor of God. And so we've talked about a lot of different parts of armor. We talked about the shoes of peace. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about the shield of faith. And so we're going to, and I think we're missing one. Do we, do we all those? Uh, uh, today we're talking about the helmet of salvation. And so if you have your Bibles, who has old school, who, who brings their Bible to church? Hold it up, hold it proud. Look at you. Yeah. Old school Bible. And for those of us who bring your smartphone or tablet as a Bible, go ahead and hold that up right there. Hold that up. There you go. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read through some verses. I like to read this passage every single week. I know my wife usually just goes right to the verses that she's talking about. Just because I believe just the full picture of seeing why God is saying we need the full armor of God, I think it's important for us to know why we need to be equipped. We need to be equipped because of the verses that are in front of the full armor of God. So Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to read verse 10 through 18. And I just want to let you know, a lot of times when long passages of Scripture are read, People can start dozing off or nodding off. And so, so if I see a little drool like coming down your lip, I'll just come wa- walk up to you and I'll just kind of help like wipe it off there for you. I'll just help you out there. I mean, you know, I'm just, I just love you like that. Uh, and uh, so, and I, and I want this to be interactive. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been, you know, inner city ministry 20 years. It's, this is not a lecture. This is not where I just talk and you just listen. I need some amen, some, you know, yeah, that sounds good. Do it, you know, I'll aim in myself if I have to. So, okay, you got it? Got it? Amen. All right. See, look, that was your first, first chance, first try. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say mighty power. Oh, see, you guys did good that time. Great. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil schemes. Say devil schemes. Okay, so the reason we're talking about the full armor of God is because it empowers and equips us for what? So we can stand against the devil's schemes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what the word says. Here we go. This is where it gets, this is where it gets gritty. Look at your neighbor say gritty. It gets gritty here, right here. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh, but we sometimes forget. And we, you know, if you're married in here, you forget that sometimes your struggle is against flesh and blood. But your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm going to pause there just for a second. You know, there's a lot of people that do not believe, you know, and they can say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. But they don't want to believe that there is a spiritual realm that's going on around us where there are supernatural forces that are at war. You either believe the word of God and everything that's in it. Or you don't believe any of it. So you can't just pick and choose the ones that you like and say, well, I don't quite agree with those. It's either all the Bible or none of the Bible. It's kind of like when you get married. It's either all of the person or none of the person. There's no half-hearted, you know. You're not just married on the weekends and then through the week you're married to your job. No, it's like my wife is like, okay, all of me or none of me. And that's the type of person I am too. It's like all or none. And God's like that too. He's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. He's a all or none type of God. Say amen. Yeah, see, he don't like that lukewarm stuff. Like the last time I read in Revelation, he says the lukewarm. Does, does anybody know what, what does he say? What does he say, Jonas? Spit you out of his mouth. Nobody likes lukewarm. Anybody here ever drink like milk like that's like sitting on the, uh, maybe you poured yourself a uh, glass of milk and you waited like 25 minutes and it's sitting there on the countertop. So he went to grab it and it was 
Oh, that's like, that's like the worst taste, right? It is pretty nasty. Okay, so that has nothing to do with this. Let's get back. Therefore, therefore put on the full armor of God, full armor of God, say full armor, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. So the full armor of God is meant to equip us to stand our ground when we're fighting or when we're facing opposition, when we're facing that day of evil. So the day of evil will come. Okay, we're not just, we don't just love Jesus and every day is buttercups and rainbows and you're, you know, you're, you're hopping through lilies and, you know, I mean, <laughs> we have days of evil that come against us as followers of Christ. So it says when these days of evil, he wants to give us the full arm of God so that we can stand our ground. And it says, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm them, and then he breaks down each, each piece of armor. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, we talked about that already, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, and in addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith, we've talked about all of these, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and then we're going to get into this part today. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Say in the Spirit. Yeah, we need that. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep on praying for the Lord's people. So today, friends, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. Say helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. doesn't take much thought to know what portion that this part of the armor protects. Right? I mean, you just have to be a knucklehead to know that it doesn't protect your head. Okay? <laughs> the the uh, word helmet in the Greek is this big, long word, uh, which means to it means encirclement of the head, a helmet. It's a piece of armor that fits very tightly around the head. And so if you uh, have ever worn a helmet, maybe it was because you were on a motorcycle ride. Anybody here have a motorcycle? Who in here would like a motorcycle? <laughs> you guys like matching motorcycles? Oh, no, 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 okay. <laughs> so one, mo one motorcycle for the both of you. Have you guys seen those people that have, like, matching motorcycles or, like, you know, his and her motorcycle? I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, now we're, like, going, like, there's his and her stuff, and now, like, people have, like, his and her motorcycles. I mean, I've seen it. They're at the stoplight, and he's got his hog, and she's got her little mini hog, right? Anybody ever, any, am I the only one that's seen that? Yeah? I mean, it's, it's funny, you know? I'm waiting for the day the woman's riding and the dude's on the back. You know, and she's just like, no, I got this. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see that. That's, that's, that's going to be my day. I've seen it all. So she's like, yeah, you on the back. I got this. So motorcycle. So think of a, a helmet. Think of maybe a motorcycle helmet. Or anybody here watch football? Yeah? Okay, when, the, when there's a colossal clash that happens in football, they have helmets, right? So maybe a football helmet. Go Bucks. Yes, yes. <laughs> you Michigan fans, you guys are okay too. It's okay. You guys are right. So, or maybe um, my, my good friend Aaron would know about this. Maybe if you're in the military, you have uh, a military helmet that you wear. You know, maybe something like that. What, what are all of these pieces of equipment to protect? Your head, right? 
So I just envision, and I've said this uh, every time, I just envision Paul, he's sitting in jail, because you know he wrote all the epistles while he's sitting in jail. I just envision him looking at this Roman soldier that's standing outside of his jail cell, and he's writing to, to, to the Ephesians, and he's, and, he's a, and, he, and he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he's looking at this soldier, and he's looking at it, pieces of his armor, and so he's writing them down. And so when, he, so when the Holy Spirit inspires him, and he looks, and he sees that, you know, helmet of salvation, he looks at this Roman soldier's helmet, and this is what it would look like. It would look something a little bit like this. So you have this Roman guard who's standing outside of his jail cell, and so it would look a little something like this. So, so this is a, a Roman soldier's helmet, um, and so obviously it protects the head so people don't die. <laughs> um, and so this is a spiritual, there's a spiritual piece of armor in our arsenal uh, that is meant to protect our mind and our brain and our head. So... Um, does anyone, has anyone ever heard this term before? The battleground is in the mind. Has anyone ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? The battleground is in the mind. Actually, uh, Joyce Myers has an excellent book uh, that's called The Battlefield of the Mind. I mean, it's tremendous. Read it a number of years ago. And so there's just, there's the, the war that's waged in, in us is in here. So this place needs to be protected from the enemy because if the enemy can infiltrate our thoughts, then he can infiltrate our actions. You can say amen right there. Yeah, right there. Because as a man thinks, in his heart so is he, which means you think about what you're going to do before you do it. So if you, and that's why uh, Jesus said, he said that it isn't what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out of his mouth. Because, friends, once it comes into our brain and it starts, you know, we start thinking about it, then it comes outward. So, so if we have this, this helmet of salvation, if we're wearing this as a spiritual piece of armor against the evil one, right, against the day of evil, against the enemy's attacks, then it will help protect our mind so that we don't act in evil. So we don't do things that we, that we do. So as a man thinks, so is he. So friends, there are people, uh, again, you know, I've been, I've been doing ministry for almost two decades, and I've seen where people, I mean, what they speak out of their mouth is how they live. So if they, if they don't believe that, that there's anything greater than what they're doing, then they'll never do anything greater. So if, they're, if they have been in generational poverty, and they don't feel like there's any way out, and they speak that out, and they live that, that's how they live. And you can, co- you can co-horse them, you can preach to them, you can pray for them, but unless there's a, a renewal of their mind that, that they believe they can actually do something different, they can't. One of the greatest pieces of information or one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got in ministry was by Dan Rogers, him and his wife, who are the CEOs of Cherry Street Mission. And, uh, and, so they, uh, and th- this is what he said. He said, you cannot want for somebody more than they want for themselves. That'll set you free. Because you can spend yourself for somebody else. You can be there for them every single uh, ouncing, waking moment. You can give them money. You can give them resources. But, friends, if they don't want to change, then you're just enabling them. Uh-oh. See, right there, you can, you can say amen right there. That's a, I'll just help you out right there. <laughs> Awful quiet in here now for some reason. There's this, anybody ever see the movie Fireproof? Fireproof, excellent movie. I recommend it to any married couple in here or single person who wants to get married or single person who was married who wants to get remarried. I just, I, I just encourage you to, to check out that movie. It's a great, great movie. There's this little p- uh, portion in this movie where uh, the fire chief and, and one of uh, the firemen are talking. And so he says this. 
uh, he, he says, don't follow your heart, lead your heart. See, because when you follow your heart, you'll be led astray. But many of us, I mean, we are conditioned. It's in our songs. It's in our movies. It's in our literature. Follow your heart. You know, just, just follow it. Wherever your heart leads you, go. Well, friends, if you follow your heart, you're going to find yourselves going to some place you possibly don't want to go to. That's why you have to lead your heart. Why would you want to lead your heart? How do I know that following your heart could possibly be destructive? Because the Bible, the Bible tells us this. Say, so because it says this in Jeremiah chapter 19 or Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, this is scary. This is scary. Look at your neighbor and say, this is scary. You know why it's so scary? You know what's so scary about this? Is we can deceive ourselves. When you're deceiving yourself, you don't know you're in deception. People around you will see it, but you don't see it. This is, this is a scary verse. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Say all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? I'm so glad God knows it. Amen. Come on. See, come on right there was a good spot. I'm so glad God knows our heart. Yeah, yeah. But see, if you're following your heart... Are you getting this? If you're following your heart and your heart is deceitfully wicked, where do you think you're going to go? You're going to go to a place where you're doing wickedness, right? That's why you can't be led. That's why you can't, you can't be led by your emotions. You can't be led by your heart. You can't be led by your thought process because you're going to find yourselves in destruction. Friends, lead your heart. You tell your emotions. You tell them where you're going, right? Come on, somebody. Mm, yes. We can't be led, you know, I mean, and, and the, um, the most amazing, you know, incredible, awesome, spiritual filter that the Lord has given us is the word of God, friends. And so if you are filtering your thought processes through the word, you're going to be good. You're going to be just fine. But if you're not filtering your life through the word, then, then what's your moral compass? Everybody will have their own moral compass. Well, I'm just going to do what feels good. We got too many people out here that are just doing what feels good and they're, and they're ruining their life. So glad God knows our heart. God knows it. And yes, he knows that it's wicked and deceitful. <laughs> oh, man. We can be deceived by our own heart. Friends, if we follow our, our heart, we will travel on an emotional roller coaster and find ourselves way off course. We will. So, so that's why it's a thought before it's an action. So this is why it's so imperative for us to have the helmet of salvation. Because it's a thought process. It says this in the book of James. It says in James chapter 1, it talks about how uh, giving birth to sin. And it says, you know, I mean, it doesn't start off where you just act out on it. No, it was something that you kind of baked and meditated on a little while before it happens. People don't just go off and, and, you know, and commit adultery on their spouse. They don't just one day wake up and just do that. No, it's something that's been baking inside of their mind for a little while before they act out on that. Are you getting this? A person doesn't just, you know, when they've, when they've uh, you know, been set free from drugs and alcohol, just one day just go off and, and uh, you know, and relapse. No, it was something that was in their brain that was, that was uh, constantly happening, and then they find themselves giving into those thoughts. You getting this? Okay. Friends, our mind is the control center of the body. You know, obviously, sends signals, you know, I mean, the emotional signals, I mean, all that stuff. And so we cannot be controlled by our emotions. It's why we have to clothe ourselves with the spiritual armor to guard the control tower. 
to keep us in alignment. Friends, we are weak and unprotected in our minds when we don't have the helmet of salvation and the enemy will have a field day in our hearts. He'll have a field day up there. If you're not protecting your thoughts, he'll just have a field day with you. People, people that I know that are not walking in victory are the people that are not guarding their thought life. But the people that are walking in victory, the people that are walking in joy, the people that are walking in peace, the people that are walking in Christ every day are the ones that guard their thought life. You know, when the thoughts come in, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that, you're, that you've, you know, done anything wrong. How many of us know that the scripture says that Jesus was tempted in every way? He was tempted just like us. And so what did he do when he had, when he had temptations? He cast those things down. How do I know this? Because he's sitting there in the garden and he's saying, Lord, take this cup from me. Meaning I don't want to go on the cross and die. Right? He's in this battle. And Satan is right there, you know, and he says, he says, but Lord, not my will, your will be done. And we see what happens when he's in, when he's uh, out in the, uh, not in the garden, but when he's out in the desert and he's having the temptations with, with it, when Satan's tempting him and, you know, and bow down to me and jump off the cliff and worship me and all these things and turn this, turn this uh, rock to food. And what did he do? I mean, he just, he fought off every, and so friends, we just, our thoughts, man, are just, I mean, they, I mean, they're the place where we can either walk in victory or walk in defeat. Our thought life. It's a thought before it's an action. Friends, if we have a defeated mind, we will live as defeated people. If every day you wake up and you feel like you're no good, and you feel like you can't add value to, to your day, you can't add value to somebody, you're not going to add value to, to your workplace, you're not going to add value to your family, then friends, you're going to find yourself not adding value to anything. You're going to find yourself defeated, walking in defeat. All we have to do, now, sometimes people, you know, they, they're like, they, they want this, like, long-term thing. And all you have to do is win the battle every day. Every day. That's all you got to do. You don't have to win the week's battle today. You just have to win today's battle today. One step at a time. So the battle that's going on for your life, you just got to win that for today. You don't, gotta, you don't have to win tomorrow's battle today. You don't have to win... Uh, Wednesday's battle, you just win the battle today. You, if you have thoughts that are not pleasing to God, that are trying to lead you astray, you just cast those things down. And you just live in victory today. That's amen. You can say amen right there. That's good. And you know what? And I just want to go ahead and, and just let you off the hook. There's going to be days you don't win. And that's okay. There's going to be days you won't win. There's going to be days the enemy, man, he's just got gotcha. you. You know, you, whatever, discouragement, depression, thoughts that, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, you're not feeling loved or wanted or accepted or treasured or whatever, and there'll be days you won't win. It's okay. If you're winning more, if you're winning more battles than you're losing, then you'll do okay. It's when you find yourself losing more battles than, than that you're winning is when you'll start walking in defeat. It's okay to have a bad day. You're not, you don't have to be picture perfect. You don't have to, you know, have the cookie cutter Christian look. You just, you just do your best to honor Jesus and to live in victory each day. That's all it is. You wake up in the morning and you, and you just, you dedicate that day to the Lord and you, t and you ask him to give you strength to, that you can keep your thought life in check. 
and they give you strength to, you know, that, I mean, dude, that's my prayer every, every day in the morning. I, you know, I pray for my family. I ask the Lord to, you know, to help me to honor him today. I ask him to help give me strength to, to honor him in my thought, thought, thought life. Because I'm a man, I, just because I'm a quote-unquote pastor doesn't mean like I'm a superhuman or not. I'm a person. I'm an average Joe. I just have a little more responsibility. I'm just going to give more on account when I stand before Jesus. But I'm a person just like anyone else. I have the exact same the exact same temptations as every man in this place. And so it's my, so I choose to cast down wickedness. I choose to, to cast down adulterous thoughts. I choose to cast down thoughts of pride and arrogance. I choose to do that. And I try to walk in humility as best as possible. I try to. Friends, we have our days and it's okay. Sometimes we'll have our weeks. Do you know that? Sometimes you'll just have a defeated week. That's okay, too. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to have a defeated week. It's okay. Yeah, come on. Because I don't know about you. Some of us can be our worst critic. We mess up royally. Man, it takes us two or three days to get over it. <laughs> Everybody else is good, but you're not good. You're just, you're moping around. You can't believe you screwed up so bad. Like, I can't believe I did that. Give yourself some grace yourself some grace. It's okay. It's okay to have a defeated week. We, we are all, we can all have defeat. It's okay. You can have those days. But as long as you get back up, the scripture says a righteous man falls seven times, but he does what? Gets back up. Fall seven times. A righteous man, righteous woman, righteous person falls. Well, after that sixth time, I don't know if I want to get back up. You get back up. I'm tired of dealing with this. This is my fifth time falling. It's okay. Get back up. Brush the dust off. Start fresh and anew. Get back in the battle. Fight again. We need to pray ourselves to have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 talks about this. It talks about having the mind of Christ. And that's, friends, that's what the Lord wants to give us. Did I skip a verse? I think I skipped a verse. No, I didn't. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 uh, it says we have the mind of Christ. Friends, God wants to give us the mind of Christ. When we are in Christ, say in Christ. When you're in Christ, that means the Lord wants to, to, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire and it will be done for you. So there's this, there's this cohabitation where we are living in him and his spirit is living in us. Okay? And so we can have the mind of Christ. And so is helmet. We talked about helmet. So salvation, what is salvation? Salvation, there's a Greek word, it's uh, soterion, which means uh, defender or defense. So this word salvation is found five times in the New Testament. And what this, what this word actually means from the Greek, it means uh, salvation is as a hell blocker. Say hell blocker. <laughs> you know, just think of like... Uh, you know, if you're a lady here, this may not be relevant to you, but I'll try to figure out, I'll, I'll try to find. So if you watch football and you're, you know, what is, what is the center? He is the, the biggest, baddest guy on the football team, and his job is to do what? Protect the quarterback. Okay, he is, he is the blocker. He is the, he's the big man. So, friends, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how I can even attribute that to something for ladies. I don't know, maybe I'll think of something. So, so salvation is, like, is a hell blocker. Okay, that's what it is. It, because the, the verse means defender or defense. So, so when we, so when we have the helmet of salvation, 
You getting this, right? What is a helmet? A defensive piece of armor, right? When you have the helmet of salvation, it helps protecting the hell that wants to get into our thought life. Somebody say amen. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You can tell them thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Okay, just think of, you know, think of the, the, the thoughts of hell that just want to bombard us. You know, the, the Roman helmet was decorative. It was gaudy. Um, it was usually pricey because it was made of bronze and detail. And there's another picture of it for you just to kind of get a, a, a picture of it. And so, so when this Roman soldier had this piece of equipment on their head, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just like a ball cap that you bought for 99 cents down at Walmart. This was an expensive piece of equipment that was hammered and fashioned, and, and, and there was time that was placed into this thing, and so it was very pricey. Friends, understand this. The salvation that was paid for us was pricey. It was pricey. It's a free gift, but it cost someone everything. It was free, but it cost. So, for example... You know, we uh, have a vision kitchen down uh, at South in Toledo. Uh, we, we feed almost 2,000 meals a month through Vision Kitchen. We do clothing giveaway. We do our block parties. That's, that, that's for free. I mean, we, you know, we did, what was it, Anthony, like 1,000 hot dogs that we gave away for free. We gave away all that other stuff. So we're giving away all of this free stuff, but it cost somebody something, didn't it? It cost us, right? As a church, I mean, it's like five grand to put on a block party, our, now our, our neighborhood, they love it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's free. We give a gospel presentation. It's a safe environment. They love it. But it costs us something, but it's free for them. That's kind of how salvation is. It costs Jesus. It costs his life. But we got, we got to it for free. We got the free gift. So you think of this Roman soldier. He's wearing this costly piece of armor, and it's likened to salvation. So the helmet, we know that, uh, that, that it's salvation. So when we're, when, we're putting on, when we're putting on the helmet of salvation, it's more, than just, it's more than just a helmet that's a hell blocker. Do you know everything that salvation entails? Do you not salvate? Does anybody know everything? When you, when you say yes to Christ, do you know that you get all of the benefits of what is in Christ? Some of you guys aren't getting this today. That's all right, man. We're going to we're gonna have to do a double dose of coffee next week. So just think about this. So when, so when you say yes to God, and you say no to your, your sinful nature, and you say no to sin, and you say no to the world, then, friends, you say yes to healing. You say yes to deliverance. You say yes to blessing. You say yes to prosperity. You say yes to redemption. You say yes to joy. You say yes to peace. You say yes to pleasures forevermore in your presence. You say yes to the joy of your salvation. Friends, there are so many benefits. It says, forget not the Lord and his benefits. Come on, somebody. So when you say yes to God, it's more than just a get out of jail free card. You got the, you got the ticket, the golden ticket so that you can go into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and you get to be in heaven with Jesus forever. No, friends, when you say yes to God, there are benefits of living for Jesus. Friends, there's freedom. Friends, there's peace. Friends, there's joy. Friends, there's deliverance. Friends, there's wholeness. Friends, there's so many benefits of living for Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen right there. Friends, when I said yes to God almost two decades ago, friends, I was on, you know, I was on street, drugs, all that other stuff. So, so I understand what a life away from Christ looks like and what a life in Christ looks like. Amen? So, friends, I mean, it's just, and, and 
You know, I was just telling somebody the other day, we were, we were talking about this, and, and I said, you know, I, you know I've, I've been serving Christ for almost two decades, and I had, I had all that stuff. I had drugs, come on somebody, live that life, and, and that life is just not appealing anymore. I mean, I mean, there's people I know, like, you know, when you're dealing with people that are on and off drugs and stuff like that, and they always, and, you know, and they have this, but, but Christ has just so filled me with him that it's like, I don't, that, that lifestyle is just, bleh. You know, it's like, why would you want sloppy seconds when you can have the best? And, you know, and all that stuff is counterfeit. You know, drugs and alcohol, that's all a counterfeit of what God wants to do, what God can do. I think I, I, was, tell, I was telling my, my, uh, my, my friend Gary here, uh, we were working together last weekend, and I was just telling him a little bit of my story and, and, uh, and how God touched my life. And so, you know, I you know, did drugs, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, and so when the whole, I had a radical encounter with God where he just, like, touched my life. And, and, uh, and I was telling him, I mean, it just, like, I mean, it did, I mean, it freaked me out because, like, I, I got prayed for, and I started shaking really bad, and I, like, hit the floor, and I was, like, laying on the floor, and I didn't know what happened, and I, like, woke up, and, and I was, like, what the heck? And I was, like, I got to get out of here and I like tried running out the door and and I I I couldn't even put my keys in the car because I was shaking so bad and and I went home and I tried telling my mom what was going on and she's like what but I but as I'm driving home there was this joy that was inside of me there was this thing inside of me that I've never felt before I mean, it felt so good. The only way I can explain it is I'm telling all my, all my dope buddies, I'm like, well, you need to come to church with me because, because there's this thing that you can have when you go to church and you, you don't, and there's no, you don't have a, there, there's, there's, there's like, you don't have to pay for it and there's, and you, you don't have a hangover the next day and it makes you feel better than this, that, and the other. And so I'm like, I'm inviting all my drug buddies to church because I'm like trying to explain the Holy Spirit, not even knowing what it was. <laughs> The benefits of being in Christ, friends. Come on, say amen. The salvation, the benefits, the pleasures, living for Jesus. That's why freedom, man, we we're singing that song, freedom. Man, to him who the sun sets free, he's free indeed. You don't know freedom when, when you don't know Christ. You think you know freedom because you can do whatever you want. But there's no freedom in here. Friends, at salvation, we receive a transformation. Do you know that? I love what this, uh, this lexicon theological workbook says. It says, salvation is the rescue from a state of danger to the restoration to wholeness and prosperity. Come on. I don't even know where that came from, but that was just such a good quote. We just had to put that up there. I had never read no lexicon theology. I never read that workbook. I just like the quote. <laughs> I just want to say that again. Salvation is the rescue from a state of danger to the restoration to wholeness and prosperity. Man, that's so good. Salvation, when we receive uh, salvation, we receive a transformation when we become born again. Do you know, like, Nicodemus in, in John chapter 3, Jesus is trying to explain to him. He said, unless someone is born again, and Nicodemus is like, how can you be born again? He just doesn't get it. You know, he's like, I don't get this whole thing. He's like, unless you're born of the water and of spirit. And so there's this change that happens. There's this transformation. There's this transfer that happens when you commit your life to Christ that you say, it is no longer I that live. So that old Josh Hester, dead. That's why we baptize, right? Because you're putting that old nature, you're, you're like, this represents me dying to myself. 
and the new nature, the, the in Christ, Josh Hester is now living. Now, now the in Christ, Josh Hester, still struggles with the old Josh Hester. So just because I'm new in Christ doesn't mean I'll, I still won't have battles and still doesn't mean I won't have struggles. We still got to fight. It's an everyday fight. Look at your neighbor say everyday fight. Friends, the minute you put your dukes down is the minute you're going to get sucker punched by the devil. You got to keep your dukes up. You got to stay, you got to stay prayed up. You got to read the word. You, you got to be around people that are going to encourage and edify you. Man, there's just, there's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> there's all these things that, that just help. So, so this transformation, it's, it's by no accident that is clothed around our heads when we get this, uh, trans, when this transformation happens. Because in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I remember when I first got saved, when I first committed my life to Christ, and man, I mean, and, and this is just me, so, so just take this for what it is. This is, this is my life. This is, this is how I had to work out my salvation, if you're in trembling. And so when, when, I, when I first committed my life to Christ, I listened to all kinds of music, you know, everywhere, especially hardcore, um, you know, gospel uh, rap and, you know, and hardcore rock and roll, you know, talking about you, living for the devil and all this other stuff. So when I first committed my life to Christ, I got introduced to Christian rap. And so for me, because I'm a, I'm a music person, man, I just, you know, I just like music playing all the time. I still, I'm still like that. Uh, you know, so I had, I had some things I was going to say and then the Holy Spirit shut my mouth. So I'm going to stop right there. So, so when I, when I, uh, committed my life to Christ, I started getting introduced to music that I just felt was different. They had Christian rap artists. They had, uh, you know, um, like Skillet. They had like all of these different, uh, you know, uh, real strong rock artists that, you know, they just have a positive message. They have, you know, so for me to renew my mind, I couldn't listen to music that was about drugs and that was about sex and that was about living a party life when I was trying to stay away from that. I'm saying this was just me, okay? So in order for me to renew my mind, I had to change what I was listening to, okay? So, so I had to stop listening to Snoop Dogg, and I had to stop listening to Master P, and I had to stop listening to Tupac, because that lifestyle of what they were, what they were sharing, if I was, I can't stay away from drugs if I'm continuing listening to music that talks about drugs. Does that make sense? So, so one of the ways that helped me renew my mind, obviously the Word of God, I had to change what I was feeding myself, so, have you ever heard what goes in will come out? Yeah, it's, it's true. So, renewing your mind. So, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, friends, we have to renew our mind. And so, so in your walk with God, you'll have to find out what is that, how can you renew your mind? And let the Lord speak to you about what that is. For some people, in order for them to renew their mind, maybe it's, maybe it's that, uh, that romantic, and I'm just, I'm just putting things out there. Please don't, you, if you start doing this, that's religion, the Holy Spirit has to speak to you, okay? Let me just forewarn you that, because I, I've, I've been in ministry long enough that I tell people my personal convictions, they start doing that, and then now you've just become religious, because you don't do what I do. You just do what the Lord tells you to do. Maybe it's, maybe for you, maybe in order for you to renew your mind, maybe it's that, maybe it's that, that romantic novels that you just, you just can't, you know what I mean? There's this fantasy land that you just, maybe that's you, 
Maybe it is. Maybe it's music, something that's going to help renew your mind. Maybe it's some of the smut on TV that you watch. You know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Whatever. You know, I guarantee you there, there, there are things in our life that if we chose to say no to, we would find our mindset becoming more renewed. I think it's the truth because I'm a product of it, I think. Be, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you know how many people ask me? They don't know what the will of God for their life is. I think people don't know what the will of God for their life is, is because they don't have a renewed mind. Because when you have a renewed mind, then you'll be able to test what God's will is for you. And not just his will, I love it, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's God's will for my life? I don't know. Renew your mind and find it. Find out what God's will is for you. I'm still trying to work out what God's will is for my life. Right? I, the, the scripture says to watch my life and doctrine, you know, to, closely. Not to watch your life and doctrine closely. I got to watch my life. I gotta, I'm watching myself. I'm trying to keep myself in line. You know, you, I'm trying to keep myself in, in my own vein. I try to stay within my lane. You know, I'll give you advice. I'll pray for you. We'll, we'll cast demons out of you. We'll pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever it takes. But I can't, I can't tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. The Lord may give me prophetic words to help encourage you and maybe, you know, kind of shift some, some mindset. But, friends, only you will know by a renewed mind. That's the only way that you're going to know. I think that's pretty good. Friends, we need to continue to renew our minds in order to make it to the end. Do you know the salvation thing? Do you know it's a threefold process? There's some people, they think, you know, well, well, I'm saved, and so I'm good, and I can just go about this thing, and I'm saved. But I kind of look at salvation, when you say yes to, to Christ, I kind of look at it as, I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. Let me say that one more time. I kind of look at that as, I am saved, meaning, yes, I made a commitment to Christ, and so, I've, so I am now living for Christ. I am being saved, meaning each and every day, you know, the Lord is renewing my mind and keeping me from the garbage because the scripture says that true and faultless religion is looking after orphans and widows and keeping yourself from being polluted from the world. So, and then I will be saved, meaning at the end, when we're all standing before him, they're going to say, yeah, that's my boy. That's my son. Yeah, he's got the, yeah. He said yes to me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I look at this salvation. It's like, I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. So it's not just like, so. So we need to know God's word to bring our life into alignment, to bring that into to the straight and narrow. And so finally, you have this decorative gaudy helmet that was intended. Do you know that the Romans wore this gaudy helmet so that it would differentiate them from other soldiers? So when you, if you saw that helmet and that big, that big mohawk-looking red thing on the top, you could, for, you know, for, for you know, a, a good portion look, and you could tell that person is a Roman soldier. Do you know that? They wore this big, gaudy helmet as a signal of who they were connected to. They wore this gaudy helmet as a representation of Rome. And so they, were, they, wasn't, they weren't undercover Roman soldiers. 
They didn't sneak around and, and all that stuff. No, no, they, they wore that thing. That was, a, that was like a, a, a piece of, of artwork that symbolized the strength of Rome. It symbolized uh, that, you know, that they could be noticed as a Roman soldier. I am associated with Roman Caesar. Friends, our salvation is not to be kept secret and personal. I'm not saying you're supposed to be flamboyant with, you know, you're smacking people with the Bible and you're going around and you're, and you're acting stupid for Jesus. But friends, but I absolutely 100% believe that, that our life should be lived out so that when people see us, they seek Jesus. You can say amen right there. That when they see our life, just like that, that helmet represented Rome, they look at you and they see Christ. You represent Christ. My friend and I, we were talking a, a, a number of weeks ago about just the responsibility that we have. Just think about this. And I think I might have shared this before, but just think about this. The, the God of the universe, the scripture says that he measures the universe that we, that we say is infinite, meaning it has no end. It says he measures the span, he measures the universe with the span of his hand. He measures the universe gives us the incredible responsibility to represent him here on earth to people. That's a weighty responsibility. It should be weighty. That's why we have to, every day, we got to examine our heart. Okay, so we're going to come to a close here. Isaiah chapter 59, I want to read a few more verses, and then we're going to close here. Isaiah chapter 59, you know, this thing, uh, Christ has clothed us with himself. It's pretty awesome. I'm going to read off the screens because I screwed up. There we go. Okay. Let's say on my tablet, I went to the wrong page, and now I'm like all screwed up. Last week, my, my stuff was all freezing up. Technology. Isaiah chapter 59, we're going to read a few verses here. Verse 15, it says, truth is nowhere to be found. This is God speaking. He's speaking to Isaiah, who's a prophet. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil will become a prey. The Lord looked and was displaced or excuse me, and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So he put his own arm, so his own arm achieved salvation for him. Who's that? That's Jesus. You guys are smart. And his own righteousness sustained him. Go to the next one. It says, he put on righteousness as a breastplate, the helmet of salvation on his head. He put the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak, according to what they have done. So he will repay wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes. He will repay the islands their due. So check this out. Back in Isaiah, so thousands of years, and we know this. We know that God had the plan that we can't achieve salvation on our own. It's not something that we can do. It's not something that, that we had the ability to do. So I love that it says that he achieved salvation by his own right hand, meaning who's sitting at the right hand of God? Jesus. And then it says the helmet of salvation on his head. Come on, someone. So friends, Jesus achieved salvation. He's the one at the right hand of God. And then we have the capacity of being clothed with the very essence of God, with the very clothing of Jesus himself. Last verse, Galatians, or excuse me, yeah, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. It says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And that's what we're called to do. As Christ followers, you clothe yourself with Christ. You put on Christ. 
And so, friends, you know, this, this helmet, it's meant to protect our mind. It's meant to protect our thought process. It's meant to protect our heart. And, friends, and God wants us to be men and women that express our love and our affection wherever we go.